Welcome in to episode 38 of the Breathing Orange Fire podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm joined by Gabe. Gabe, it's our second, I guess, full-on off-season episode, if memory serves. And um, the first free agent of the off-season of note, Aaron Nola, signed, uh, re-upped with the Phillies this week. But we are not talking about free agent pitchers today. We are talking about the free agent hitters um, in terms of who's available, uh, you know, what we think they might end up signing for and whether we think those are uh, those will be good deals or bad deals. And uh, finally, we'll put, of course, a little extra emphasis on the guys that we think the Astros uh, might be interested in or might make some sense for the Astros. So with that set up, Gabe, what do you have to say for yourself? Sounds good. Let's get it. All right. Um, okay, so Gabe, I have a question for you. Who do you see as the top offensive player free agent of this offseason? I mean, anyone with two functioning brain cells to rub together has the same answer, and that's Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, widely regarded as the best player in baseball, who just won his second AL MVP award. Uh is the best the preeminent free agent of of any distinction this offseason he of course pitches and hits uh does each very well um but the everyone knows the story here the curveball was that he had um elbow surgery again right so he he got shut down early this season the second procedure on his pitching elbow um not which, a full-on tommy john though right was it not a? Did he not I have Tommy something, John? I think something less than that. I there it, things were a little murky around that. It's but he's not pitching in 2024. Yeah, he's, he's not pitching next season. It is the second significant injury to his his throwing elbow. Uh, he is going to be playing in his age 29 season next year. So, uh, given all that, and when the elbow thing came about a, a couple months back, it you know, the, the idea that he was going to get, you know, 600 million uh, in a, in a contract on, in free agency, I think became a little bit far-fetched. And I think people are, are reining that back a little bit. Um, I still think he's going to get 500 mil. I do too. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. Or, 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 or he's going to get some sort of short-term pillow contract, 75 million average annual, annual value. That, that's what I was going to say. I, for some reason, maybe because of the elbow, I have this idea that he, that that's exactly right. He's going to string together these shorter deals that we've seen a few guys do in recent years, but. I mean, if you got two years, 140 or two years, 150, would it shock you? Uh, yeah. No, except that he, so he hold on, hold on. He here's the problem with that. He we know he's not pitching in 2024, right? That yeah. is a significant blow to his overall value as a player. I mean, if sure. he's a if he's a DH only, how much value do you think you're getting out of him? I would guess, you know, he's a five to six win player as a DH, which is very significant considering the you know the kind of defensive hit you take by being a dh but sure um that 
even at that, which is an outstanding season and what I would expect from him, you're talking about 50 to 60 million more or less in terms of value. But the next year, Mm -hmm. you get an MVP level bat and an all-star caliber arm. You do. How much do you weigh in the risk associated with him pitching again going forward? I think that's the fascinating part of his free agency. No doubt about it. I I think if I were him, I'd probably just make it simple. I'd probably just sign a 12 year, 500 or 550 million. If I really wanted to squeeze every last bit of value out of it, though, I'd be looking for three for 200 million to play your 29, 30 and 31 season. And then say like, Hey, maybe I could get, 10 for 400 million at 31. That wouldn't be a big surprise, right? And maybe he could get eight for 50 or eight for 40 or, you know, something like that to take it sort of through the deal, especially if he reestablishes himself as a pitcher that doesn't get hurt, right? Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk inherent in that. And um, I don't know if he's going to want to do that. I'd probably take the most guaranteed money I could get at the soonest time possible, right? I, I'd be one of those guys that you could sign for that would sign a Julio Rodriguez deal yeah, or a Wanda right. or a Wanda Franco deal, but minus the having sex with thirteen year olds in another country. You know that that would be sort of how I would probably do it because I'm very risk averse. You know who who handled this about as perfectly as possible, in my opinion. Yeah. Alex Bregman. Yeah. I mean, he got 30 million. He, he got guaranteed in case he would have had a, you know, sort of career ending injury um, over a hundred million during his arbitration and, and pre-arbitration arbitration years. And then he sold one year of free agency at 30 million. Yeah. Which sort of enticed the Astros to do that deal. Right. Sure. But he only sold one year. So he's going to be up after yep. next year. Right. And what he's done is he's guaranteed himself generational wealth so that he can go ahead and play out next year. And if he gets closer to five war than three, I I think we think of Alex Bregman as about a four war player, I think, right? Is that about what you think? Four to five. If he get yeah. If he gets closer to five than three, you know, if he's four two, four three, four four, then he's probably gonna get something like eight for two hundred and 20 or 230 and if he goes closer to three than whatever then he can sign a five for 150 but at this point in time you've already won the lotto right yeah, because you right. guaranteed that uh you guaranteed that sort of nine figure contract um when you were you know less than uh less than a free agent yeah so that you can you know then bet on yourself and the worst case scenario is Oh, I had some sort of debilitating injury and I was left with quote only a hundred million in my bank account. Yeah. So I, I think that was smart. And if I was Otani, you know, I might consider something like that. But I think I'd just shove in and take the whatever for for something that starts with a five. How about you? What would you do if you were him? I think I, I think I'd do the same thing if I were him. Um, I mean you know, these comp- these contracts can get as complicated as you want them to be. So, you know, with the opt-outs, the player options, the team options, et cetera, and so forth. So who knows what it'll ultimately end up at. But um, yeah, I mean, if I'm him and I have had 
two surgeries on my on my elbow and I'm I'm getting close to 30 and somebody offers me, you know, 10 years and 500 million, I I'm taking it. I'm signing that contract. If you're him, do you care about the number of years or is it just the total value of the contract? You know, I've I've thought about this from the player perspective really going into last offseason cuz I think I think it was last year's free agent class where we saw at least to me what were very surprising terms on the on these contracts that these yes. guys were getting Trey guys Turner 40 or 41 right Trey Turner Xander Bogarts these guys are are signing deals that put them through their like age 41 year um so I, I I think from the player perspective it really is about the total value I mean I think where the term comes in is on the other end like I, I think they would like to avoid a you know, a shorter term deal, but I think that's sure. just because in, in as much as it relates to the total value of the deal. Right. So I, I think it does end up coming back to the total value of the deal, which is interesting because from the team perspective, I would actually value those years differently. I think I, I agree. Yes. You and, know what I mean? I guess I, that's what I'm thinking about. Like if you were a player, would you prefer 10? If, if you're Otani, would you prefer 10 for 500 or would you prefer 12 for 520? I'd prefer 10 for 500, I think. I think so. And if I was a team, I would want to do 12 for 520, right? Because there's a chance that those two out years that he's still like sort of a, a, a you know, two win player or whatever, in which case yeah. you get a little value. But not just that. Now, when you're putting together your, your, luxury tax payroll you're looking at the difference between 50 million and you know um what 45 million and, yeah you know that that buys you a little bit sure that, that five million is not totally and completely insignificant no i i think the thing that always trips me up too is thinking about these 10-year kind of deals is that, and I remember making this argument way back, Abe, I'm going to age myself a little here, but when Alex Rodriguez signed that deal with the Rangers back in, what, 2001? Yep. 10, 10 for 250. 10 for 250, and everybody was outraged by that. And, and you know, he was, what, 25 years old at the time, he, 26? I, I think he was even younger than that. I think he might have only been 24. If you want to yeah. know the truth, I thought it was good value at the time. And everyone... Exactly. That bullshit semantic game. That's a quarter of a billion dollars. It, who right? cares? Well, and, a quarter and, of a billion dollars is a long way from a billion dollars. And you're putting <laughs> billion in there to shock the conscience, right? But well, that's what I'm saying. And, and even, even mean, then, you know? even in 2001, my argument was like, yeah, you know, $25 million a year, a year is a lot, you know, for a decade. But like, do you think in 2010, that $25 million as a salary is going to be that outrageous for a player of his caliber. It shouldn't be because, because salaries increase every single year. So that's the part I have a hard time valuing is when you say, you know, $5 million, you know, in, in 2033 isn't nothing. It probably won't be nothing. I agree, but, but I don't really know what it will be. <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? Uh, and so probably what it is, is more your big value team. And what it is, is you chisel 5 million off here and 3 million sure. off here and 2 million off there. And then all of a sudden you got an eight inning pitcher for 10 million. Right. That's right. That's right. You, you use it in con conjunction. Can I give you the flip side of that though? The Alex Rodriguez deal. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going football here. 
and I'm going to make fun of the Aggies. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, when he signed his 10-year, $100 million deal that was fully and completely guaranteed, they asked him, you know, do you have any concerns? And he said, and the AD at the time said, yeah, my concern is that he wouldn't sign a 15-year deal with us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Three years later, yeah. they're giving him $76 million to, to go fish. Right? And, and that kind of thing can happen in any walk of life, especially in professional sports, you know, you, you get a dicky thong situation or you rip sure. up your knee or your elbow or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're left with, with serious problems there as a team. Now here's the thing. The team can take that risk more than the player, right? Sure. Which is why they should be negotiating, which is why, you know, they signed Jordan for six years, 128 or something like that. Right. Yeah. Why I was talking about what was smart with Bregman. They've only got one career, man. Yeah. And if they if they fail to cash in on that career, they're going to regret that for the rest of their life. Jim Crane has lots of money, and he's got lots of different – like, he gets to hit the reset button in yeah. a way that a player sure. does not get to, right? Sure. So what you got to figure on rationally is that means the player, if they want to get paid, you know, while they're in pre-arbitration, has to give away like a 30% discount, Right. Yeah, and my problem with Crane, and and you know that I absolutely love Luno. He did not lock enough guys up like the Braves because he was trying to extract like a fifty or sixty percent discount. Yeah, and guys were just like, "Nope, not going to do that." The only guy that did was John Singleton. You know, what if Correa? <laughs> I always said Correa when he was in the minors, they should have offered him ten for a hundred, right? Right, right. Because yeah. at, at at twenty years old. He would have had a real hard time saying no to that because he'd still right. be a yeah. free agent at 30, right? But instead, right. he offered eight years for 60 million, and the last two years were club option years, right? <laughs> at like 12 yeah. million a piece. And, and at that point in time, Correa was able to say, hey, fuck off, right? I mean, that, yeah. that did not make him like think seriously about it. And, no. and it set the tone for, hey, he's going to walk after six years. Right. Well, right. and, it's, and, and it set the tone that they were intentionally that the club was intentionally trying to undercut these guys' value, and the, that's it, right. like that became right. a thing, right? And, and hey, I I think the, these guys are sophisticated enough, if not the guys in Scott Boris are sophisticated enough to to understand that if you want to sign in the minors or you want to sign in year one or you want to sign in year two, like Julia did, that you're going to give up a discount for yeah, your services. Of course, they did. If it went well. But that discount needs to be reasonable. It, it can't be a 50% yeah, discount. exactly. But getting back to the Alex Rodriguez deal and that, I mean, it. I just never saw that one as being fraught with as much risk because of his age, right? I mean, again, yeah. if he was 24, he was 25, you're talking about at the end of the deal, he's still probably a productive player. I, of course, there's no guarantee. He's a massively productive Every, player at yeah. the end of that deal. Well, it turned massively. out that he was. It, it, well, he got another deal. Like he, I know, that, that was the so that was the bad contract. The Yankees re-upped after seven years of that deal, and they yeah. re-upped with another 10 for 250. And yeah, he was just in the wrong that. part of his aging curve, and it just didn't work out for him. Well, and he the PEDs, you know, he got popped for that a couple times at that point. But... Hey, if you're uh, not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> I want my guys to be on HGH, Andrew. I want all I'm, the Astros guys to go to Biogenesis. Yeah. And I, I'm tired of Alex Bregman hitting wall scrapers. I want him to hit balls <laughs> in the second deck. And if that means 
he has to sacrifice potentially his long-term health for my amusement and enjoyment. I'm okay with him making that trade. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. But I think all of our fans, as fans, aren't we all? I mean, did anyone really care about steroids when the, when it was their players hitting 50, 60, 70 home runs? Yeah, baseball people do. Football fans don't care. No, not even. It, it, it's hilarious when when like a when when an NFL player gets like a four game suspension for PEDs, like nobody cares. They're just like counting down the weeks till he's back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's it's the difference between the fan rea- reaction to that in football versus baseball is has always been kind of hilarious. You you know what the difference is? I'm absolutely convinced that this is the difference. What do you, I'll give you the opportunity to guess. What do you think the difference is? Why, I, I mean, think that? I think it's, I think it is that, uh, I think it's a few things. I think one is like the nostalgia that's kind of goes hand in hand with baseball. Um, and the idea that, you know, this may be from a more global perspective, but the idea that the numbers are sacred or the, the numbers That's exactly can, what I was can be compared over sacred, time. Yeah. Or sacrosanct, right? Yeah. Like, like you can compare what happened 70 years ago to in a way that no one in football gives right. a crap about. Right. Right. I, I, I think that's it. I think that's football the statistics thing. aren't particularly interesting that there there's way too much <clears> context, you know, that, that go along with, with statistics and football that just doesn't exist in baseball. I think that's a, I think that's a big part of it. Probably the main yep. part of it. That's my uh, number one. I, as I well. think another part of it is probably people just assume that most NFL players are on something or have been to get to where they you are. Mean I'm not, the average human being isn't six, three, two fifty, and run a four, four forty. I'm not that, saying that, not that I'm not saying that they are all doing things. I really don't know, but I think that's the assumption, but anyhow, um, so I, I want that bird walk. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I want to ask you this. Um, you're running a club. Call it the Astros or whoever else. Like, I don't want to take into account need based on the roster sure. or anything yep. like that in a vacuum. What's the most you would give Shohei Otani on a free agent contract? What market am I on? Yeah. Am I am I running the LA Dodgers and the New York Mets? You are. I don't know. Let's just say an average market. I don't know what that would be. Maybe that's Houston. Man, if you're wrong or he can't pitch, it's a really bad deal. Yeah, I, that's I part of the calculus, though. I mean, six for three hundred. Six for three hundred. Okay. If I was running, if I was Dodgers or Mets or Yankees, it'd be twelve for six hundred. If that's what it takes to win the deal, that's if that's what it takes to win the deal, that's what I do. Yep. I wrote down ten for four fifty, Gabe, and I did a very scientific year by year, um, uh, projection, I guess, of what I think his value is going to be year by year. Okay, through the age of um, thirty-eight. So. I came to that number by thinking that next year he'll probably be as elite of a hitter as there is and will provide no value as a pitcher. I'm giving him six wins there. Okay. Okay. The following year, I'm giving him five wins as a hitter, two as a pitcher. And I'm giving him that again the next year. So seven, a couple of seven win seasons. I think you're probably a little light, but that's not unreasonable. 
Yeah, I mean, he might be better than two wins as a pitcher, but I also have to bake in the risk that he gives you nothing as a pitcher, right? Yep, that is definitely a possibility. Because there, there's sure. a non-zero chance there. When he's 32, I'm giving him four wins as a hitter, two as a pitcher, so six total. I'm giving him the same thing at 33. So now he's at six wins, seven, seven, six, six, and then I've got him at four, four, two, two, one at the end of that deal. That adds up to 45 wins. Over that 10 years, I'm giving him a 10-year, $450 million offer, which he will reject and sign with. So I think, you're, I think you're light there, and I think you're also undervaluing the fact that if you are in charge of the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees or even the Cubs, the Cubs cry, cry poor, but it's disgusting. Yeah. Honestly, if I was a Cubs fan, I would be disgusted. Sure. Um even the Giants, maybe to a little bit lesser extent, but this still exists a little. Look at what the Warriors are doing in basketball. I mean, they're running like four hundred million dollar payrolls with the luxury tax and stuff like that. Like that is the Bay Area is a great market. Sure, you can afford a lot of of money, and you can afford. If you're wrong, you can wipe that mistake off. He's still going to have value in the back half of his contract, more value than what you're talking about, and you could always do what the Mets did which was genius with Verlander and Scherzer. And you can trade him out and pay his salary and buy prospects. Yeah. No, I, I, I and, get it. And, and not only that, there's a lot of Japanese people that live in New York. But, you know, people of Japanese descent in Los Angeles, in sure. San Francisco, in Seattle. How much is it worth to your fan base? And, uh, hey, there's a lot of Japanese people that live in Japan. And... Yeah, and, you know, they've, they've got green screens up there, you know, on the advertising and stuff like that. Like, how much is it worth to your brand and your value? I, look, I get to have that. a guy I get it. Of, of that sort of caliber associated with your team. I, and I, that's why that's why if I was a big market where I could afford to sort of roll the dice, I wouldn't even think twice about 12 or 600 would not even bother me in the least. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand Especially that. if I had Cohen money. I mean, Cohen's sure. worth 18 billion. I understand, like, I understand that argument, but there's never value to just lighting money on fire. And and at some point you run the risk of that. I, I, I don't think that would be crazy what you're what you're saying because of all the reasons that you're describing. But um I'm just saying from a pure kind of baseball value perspective, not getting into you know what it does for marketing for your franchise, even though I know that is a real life thing. Uh, et cetera, and so forth. I think from a baseball value, I would value him as about a 40 to 45 win player over the remainder of his career. I'd go higher. I, I, I think it would not surprise me to see him squeeze out 60 or 70 uh, war Oof. for the remainder of his career. Look, I, look, the guy's got 40 war right now. There's, you know, we see baseball careers with 100 war. We have, we have. Your Hall of Fame type. I mean, like, he literally has just put together maybe the greatest and most valuable three-year season in the history of baseball. Unless you're talking about maybe peak Barry Bonds, steroid era, you know, just absurdity, what you and I text each other about, like, looking at baseball reference sometimes, going, yeah. hey, do you remember the year that Barry Bonds had a 620 on-base percentage? <laughs> you know, just, just absurdity stupid. like that. I mean, it's, a, it's so, so great. But he he out Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. Not 
at the plate. No, but I mean, as far as the pitching and hitting, yes, yeah, combination like he out Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth. Yes, he has. But again, I may be more risk averse. I am, I think, but I no, 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 I no, struggle we're to see. About, we're just I, talking about two different things, man. Because I said, I said six for three hundred if I was running the Astros, and again, he would laugh at that. I yeah, you know, I only said twelve for six hundred. Here's the thing. It's not that big a risk. If you or I go and put $1,000 down on one hand to blackjack, that's a big risk for us, right? We're not that high a roller. Mm-hmm. If if Jim Crane goes and puts $1,000 down on a hand to blackjack, that's that's tipping money for him. That's couch cushion money. Sure. He's not taking a risk, you know? And that's the thing. If you're running the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees, just by virtue of the – or the Red Sox – or the Giants, or maybe even the Mariners, just by virtue of how much money you have, the market share that you're in, it, it, you're not taking the same kind of risk that anyone else is taking. You just aren't. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand that. I'm just, again, I'm saying from a pure baseball value perspective, what he will produce on the field. How would Jeff Luno kind of uh, break this down would be my question. I... My bet is if Jeff Luno ran the Dodgers, he would say I'm the highest bidder. <laughs> I, that's my bet, right? I mean, I mean we've that's, never seen that. Yeah, that that that's fine. And I'm sure at the end of the day, he will sign with the Dodgers or maybe the Mets. I, I'm guessing the Dodgers, but um, yeah, because the Steinbrenner family is cheap. I mean, the like you know, George once upon a time he would have been wearing Yankee pants. Sure, there George would, have been would not have been no able question. to pass that up. Right, right, right. Um, but, but Hank is not Hank is not the how. The, Hal, right? Hal, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, is like, Hank the other brother that's not really involved? I or did know. I just literally just make that up? You might have made up Hank Steinbrenner. I don't know. Uh, Hal, like in the 2001 yeah. Space Odyssey. Yeah, I mean he's not the he's not the freewheeler. The Boston, you know, maybe Boston gets in on that. I don't know. I mean, that, I, I I don't I don't ever I, know. Probably not. I mean, they traded away uh, bets rather than pay him, right? Yeah, that was weird. That was they try to have their cake that was and, dumb and weird. Yeah. Boston tries to have their cake and eat it too, right? Sometimes I don't know yeah. what is going on in the valuation of that franchise after competing for a bunch of World Series and being bad for two years now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what that's doing for them. And at some point in time, the big markets just say, "Hey, hey. but like if I'm the Twins, I, like I don't even like have a meeting to offer valuation on them." Like, no, I know because that is too that is too risky. But huh. the Cubs damn well should. I but they yeah won't. yeah yeah. I, I I understand it. I understand what you're saying, and ultimately that is why you know there's only a handful of teams that have a realistic shot at actually signing him. But I'm more interested in just trying to figure out what his actual on field value might be over the over the next decade. I think if you wanted if you wanted to say 450, I'd bet the over, but I don't think it's unreasonable calculation. And there's yeah. a chance that it's more like 30. It's the problem like is million, right? the problem is if he's not pitching, which he's again two elbow procedures at this point. If he's not pitching, and he's a DH only. You have to be absolutely elite of elite as a hitter in order to have any meaningful value at all, right? And he yep. is that right now, and he probably will be for a few years. The question is, you know, how long can you bet on him being an elite hitter 
as a DH only, or as giving you maybe one to two wins a year as a pitcher, not, not pitcher to, to wins, that, not game wins, point. but war, wins but, above replacement. But to your point there, that's why I said, I thought the tail end of his career, he might be a pitcher and not a hitter. Yeah. I remember that. That's an I mean, interesting, you got, you got 38 and 40 year old pitchers that are still pretty good. That's an you, interesting you part. Yeah. 40 year old hitters that are still good. Not since the steroid era really yeah. know, dialed down. No, and, and and I to your point, that's why he's worth the risk to those teams that that can handle that risk, right? That extra money. Yep. Um, that's exactly why he's worth <laughs> he's worth that kind of investment. And you could even uh, convince the Jeff Lunos of the world that uh, that he's worth that. So anyway, I, I'm Gabe. I'm ninety nine percent certain the Astros will not be signing Shohei Otani. So I think we should right. move move off of Otani, what, even though it's it's a really about- fascinating. Uh, free agent story and and look he's got to sign before the free agent market breaks up right i mean i mean like we need a yeah. decision on him before we get a lot of action on everyone else okay so that was my tier that was my god tier he stands alone and he stands alone <laughs> for anyone and and a lot of years right yep i've got my next tier they're gonna make a lot of money and they're gonna get a lot of years mm-hmm. uh i've got bellinger in that i've got chapman in that and that's it. This is a very, very lousy. Tell me, tell opinion. me more about that because I'm not sure either of those guys are getting a lot of years. Yeah, Bellinger's 28 and Chapman's 31. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bellinger gets something like 10 for 250. Ugh. Is my bet? I wouldn't. T- I would. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. I, I think he's going to get that. He 4.4 war last year. Okay. 28. Man. You figure he's still got three more years of peak where you would expect somewhere between four and six war if things go well. Right. So I don't know. Call it 15 war right there. So that means your late peak and your decline, you got to get 10 war. Um, got a pretty good glove. Um, and, and look, the, what you got to remember about free agent is not determining someone's value. Free agent, whoever wins the free agent is the person that offered the highest value, right? So that makes a big difference. If his real value is $200 million for the rest of his career, then that means the winner of that lottery is going to give him 250 I don't think Bell. I don't think anyone's going to go that far on Bellinger. I think he's going to get something like 6 150 Oh, I bet the over on that. What, okay, Big time. then let's play this game. Would you? Would you give Cody Bellinger six years and one hundred and fifty million? If GM, I'm the Astros, if you're sure, if you're the Astros, yeah, I would. I absolutely would. I I would not. That's and the still- next thing, the, the next thing I would do is I would be on the phone after I did that, and I would be trading Alex Bregman for some prospects. That's a terrible. That's that's terrible. You should be, you should be ashamed. I, of I mean, look, I, I'm an Astros fan. I wouldn't do that. But I mean, if you if you made me, Mm-mm. if you put the green, if you put the green accountant hat on me and stuff like, look, he's he's a couple years younger than Alex when Alex is going to be up. Gabe, and Alex, by the way, is going to get eight for two ten. I don't know. About or eight that. for two. Alex is going to get eight for two thirty. He's going to get somewhere between six for one fifty and eight for two thirty. In my okay, opinion. sure. Alex, so let me, I've got a guy a couple years younger. I've got a guy with a little bit more significantly worse, that. significantly worse player than Alex Bregman. 
Higher upside. Gabe, no. No, Gabe, 2021 and 2022, okay? He was terrible. He was terrible in 2021. In 900 played appearances, Cody Bellinger had about a 70 OPS plus. He was terrible in For two years in his supposed prime. And then he had one bounce back year in which, I'll point out, he was good in 23. He outperformed his underlying metrics, Gabe, pretty significantly. Outperformed him. They, the 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 Statcast data does not support his. Uh, in this case, three seventy weighted on base average. You know what his expected was? What's up? Three thirty one. Alex Bregman hits wall scrapers. What's going to happen when he ends his prime? Alex Bregman is a high he floor guy a lot of walks. That, that draws a lot of walks, and that's a huge part of his high floor. And he. He plays a, a decent third base, though that probably slips. And a bit what's going to happen? Aid. That's that's exactly that's my point. It what will happens when his reflexes get a little bit, and you have to move him to first base, and then that's not a real interesting player. You know, Gabe, that I am more inclined to take the high floor and the sure-ish thing. I cannot handle Cody Bellinger and his two-year dip into replacement player territory. <laughs> And when he when I'm paying him twenty five million dollars a year, like I I'm not I can't nope nope. Someone's someone's going to though. I, I the projection I saw was twelve for two sixty four. No way, I, I, no. Yeah, that was the projection. Nobody is signing that guy to twelve years, and if they do, they deserve what they get. He's getting he's getting half that in the years. Okay, so here's what you also have to understand though: we're in a high interest rate environment. Which I can tell you is your mortgage guy to go <laughs> mortgagesbygabe.com, mortgagesbygabe.com if you're looking to buy home. Uh-huh. So basically, the out years are being counted for a lot, and the, and the the future value is being seriously diminished. Right? Is on their actuarial charts when they're punching in all this stuff. Right? So they're just saying like, hey, that's not all that. Bad. Look, it's the same silliness that led to Bobby Bonilla day, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like, hey, if I can make um if I can make a 14% return on my investment with, you know, Bernie Madoff, why not just load backload this contract? Because I'm taking my uh 100 million a day and I'm making 14% on that, and that's going to be worth 140 million tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. What do I care if I can get Bobby Bonilla's present day salary down and Eight years from now, it'll practically be free when I'm paying him twenty million dollars. That's like the thought process, right? That happened during that time. Sure. And now that we're in a higher interest rate environment, that we're starting to see some of the same sort of thought process going on. Which I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm explaining what's going on there. Yeah, I I, I think he gets closer to six one fifty or something like that, and I wouldn't even do that. I just. I don't believe I don't believe in Cody Bell. I don't know how anyone could believe in Cody Bellinger at this point. It's the strangest <laughs> career arc I've I can rem- it, remember. It is. it is very strange. So but, we've got yeah the the only other guy in this tier a lot of years for a lot of money is Matt Ch- Matt Chapman. You think he's getting 31, a lot of years? He's 31. 31. 4.4 war last year, 330, 424, 755 for his on-base slugging and whatever. 108 OPS plus, 31 years old. This is going to be a real 
good proxy for what Alex Bregman's going to get. Uh, yeah, that makes next sense. year when he's up. Alex, except is Bregman's a little bit younger and, and a better. little bit better, Yee. which is why I said eight for two thirty. If Bregman has a, a war uh, closer to five, then, that's an interest. That's an interesting comparison because so much of Chapman's value is defensive, and so it kind of gets into this question. Whereas Alex's is mostly offensive. Kind of gets into this question of what do you? Be- how much do you believe the defensive metrics? I mean, I think Chapman. I think everyone agrees he's a very good elite third base defensive third baseman, but he's quasi gold glove caliber. Yeah, right? but. Uh, speed and defense are young man's game, Gabe. Um, I, I, well, he's not, not getting by on speed, I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, like, speed and defense usually don't get better with age. Um, they usually diminish or depreciate a little bit sure. with age. Not maybe, you know, third base is not center field in, in, in that regard, right? But, um, he's not a great hitter, man. He had his best offensive season in 2018. That was, that's five years ago, Gabe. Uh, he's a slightly better than average hitter and a very good defensive third baseman who's 31. So are, are you telling me if you were an owner negotiating with him, you'd have the same negotiation I have with my wife when I explained to her <laughs> that she's a depreciating asset? <laughs> like, hey, I'm an appreciating asset and you're a depreciating asset, babe. You're like, never gonna get better looking than you are today, but whoa, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get better. I, I'm gonna get richer as the years go on. I'm editing this out, by the way. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> do not. You need to leave this. Out. This is what the listeners. This is what the listeners expect. No, I have a I have a great relationship with my wife, and, and we can joke out around about that because um, I love her and she's my best friend, um, and That's nothing nice, would ever change that. But no, I mean, like some things that you're talking about, like what beauty, speed, defensive ability. You're you're right. This is a young man or a young woman's game, right? The the older you get, the more that diminishes. Whereas you have old person skills, controlling the plate, controlling the plate, um, power. These are all things that like a. These are all skills that age well, right? Um, they can as a dude in real life, like you're, you know, you you're gonna make more money in your fifties than you're gonna make in your thirties, right? Probably unless I, things I, go. I better unless things go oddly wrong, right? So you know, this is we're trying to figure out like where that sort of intersection hits between him having you know skills that are gonna age well versus young man skills, and that is a problem. I mean, that there is an issue and. And you can make the argument that Bregman ages better, which is why I got Bregman at eight for two thirty next year, and I've got Matt Chapman for six for one hundred and fifty. What you got? Five one hundred. So for here's Chapman. what I'll say: I yeah. was wrong about every single deal last year. I was yeah, right. On me the, too. I was right on the numbers, and I was wrong by a year or two. Yeah. So I don't think saying five for 120 is unreasonable, which means if I think five for 120 is going to happen, then the deal is going to be six for 150. I don't think five for 120 is crazy. I like I said, I I think five hundred. That's about the max. You guys that coming I off would... a four point four war season, man. I, th- that's why largely for, defensive driven. For... Largely defensive driven, which always makes He's me a little bit a... skeptical. He still played a defensive position and had 110 OPS plus. 
I know. I know. I'm not saying he was not a good player. I'm not, I understand. I'm not saying that, but his age plus the, the value that is accounted for by defense is, and the so-so bat is what is what scares me off a little bit from committing a lot of money to him. Is there anyone else that belongs in the tier with, we know no one belongs in the Otani tier. Is there anyone else that belongs in the Bellinger or Chapman tier? No. Okay. I think, I think there's a clear break after that. So I'm going to give you, you know what? There might be someone that belongs in this tier. It's not going to happen, but I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Yeah, he's an interesting one, right? He was hurt. Didn't play last year. What was his injury? Did he tear a knee or something? Yeah. I I don't think anyone's really worried about it. No. Just to set this up. Career, he's only 30. Yep. Career OPS knocking on the door of 130. Mm. That's not bad. That's a a guy. He plays first base, so not a premium defensive position. That's a guy that if he was left-handed and I ran the Astros, that I would give uh, a seven for 150 if he wanted it. If he was yeah, left-handed. I, w- I would not. He's not. He's right-handed. I know. That's why I said if he was left-handed. Um, but he's not. Because for the Astros, that, yeah. would, that would solve a lot of problems for us. There's many clubs that would not be near as problematic with his handedness, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have six guys that match lefties the way the Astros do. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. Um, that's a lot. I I wonder. I mean, but is it seven for like? What did I say? Seven for you said seven one fifty. Yeah, man, that's that's twenty one a year. Yeah. For a guy that for a guy that might be thirty percent above average offensively for two or three years, and then ten or fifteen percent for another it's not, four, it's not crazy. I I don't know. Um, it wouldn't excite me. I'm actually a little surprised he's thirty percent above league average for his career. I knew he was pretty good. I would have guessed about twenty. So because he didn't play last year and because he probably values himself more than that, I don't think he's going to take a, a – I don't think he's going to take a long-term deal that locks him up through some of his prime and all his late prime at 20 million or something yeah. like that, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I would be interested in thinking about that, and that's a guy that, that could have been in that category, but he's not. He's going to be in the – I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this middle class category, okay? Which means you get two, three, or four years, something like that, and you're gonna get about fifteen million a year, okay? Yep. Here's my guys in that category: J.D. Martinez, mm. Jorge Soler, Guriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Hoskins, Candelario. Yep. Maybe Conforto. Maybe. Mitch Garver. Jock Peterson. Mm. Urshela. Anyone that you don't think gets multiple years at, you know, eight figures a year in that category? Urshela? Did you throw him in? Yes, I did. I mean, 
I, that seems like a lot for him. Um, Multiple no, years, I, ten fi- eight figures a year. You don't think he can get two for twenty? He might. I guess so. Uh, I three for. I, I bet you he ends up with like three for twenty-five or three for twenty-seven or something like that. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but yeah, to all the other guys, um, you know, that, like we said, it's 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 a middle class this year in terms of free agents. That's right. It's, That's right. It's, it's a bad free agent hitters it's class. A bad free agent hitters class. It's not a lot of excite excitement there. Um, which made me think. I think naturally about do any of these guys make sense for the Astros? And I think, I think we've both There's two names that I would be ecstatic about in this I, deal. I think I know one of them and I might know the other. Yes. I think one is Jock Peterson. He's a douchebag. So I wouldn't be ecstatic about, but he'd be my number two guy. Yeah. Well, I, he I, would improve the Astros a whole hell of a lot. And if you could get him on a three for 25 or something like that, I would be, you know, that, that would be great. He would help them a whole hell of a lot because he destroys righties. That's a little bit of an overstatement. His last line was 344, 498, 34. <laughs> Good against righties. I wouldn't call that destruction. But if wait, wait, you, wait, if wait, you, wait, wait. Read that. Read that slash line again. 344 on base. Oh, that's on base. I thought yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought no, you were no, giving me no, 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 no. average uh, on base, on base, on base slugging, <laughs> and then I added the OPS in for you. The the average was 252. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. So you had me, you had me tripped up a little bit. I saw that you'd sent that to me, and I did a double take and thought, "Wow, he really killed righties this year." But, um. But for his career, um, I think it should be. That's career. Those are career numbers. Those are career numbers. So his yep. for, for his career um, against right-handers, yeah, we're talking about. I mean, I think it's fair to say he is. I don't know. I don't know if elite. I don't know if he's quite elite against. Eight thirty-four. That's Alex Bregman. That's Alex yeah. Bregman territory. He's right? like twenty-five-ish percent above league average. I guess is is what that is. Um, he's he's a below average fielder, but not embarrassingly so in the outfield. And you could combine that with Jake Myers playing Gold Glove defense in center field with you would expect to, if he just played against lefties a seven fifty OPS. Uh-huh. So you'd have a Gold Glove center fielder. And a um, average-ish left fielder as your platoon partners, and yep. if you sort of like normalize that to one player, uh, yeah, it'd be that's about eight hundred op. It'd be about an eight hundred ops guy. That would be something. Once I bit my lip, or or once I bit my tongue on the juice bag factor and him wearing pearl necklaces and boarding around like a dipshit and all that. I would be like, this guy's going to make our team considerably better. And if you could get that, he's 31 years old. If you could get that at something like three for 25, I would. Which I think you'll be able to. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yep. That was not my number one name. That was number two. He would make that, he he would definitely be in the Astros territory. Who do you think my number one is? Is the number one somebody that you've already mentioned? Uh, In this tier, yes. In this tier. Ah, uh, gosh, he was my number one. Um, 
I get why you would say that. This is a little bit off the board, but it's perfect for the Astros. It fills in a ton of holes. Hmm. Mitch Garver. I was going to guess Garver. He's 2.1. He was my other year. guy. He was, I One, that that was the two I was going to guess, but you threw me off by, by, by saying that, uh, so fills so many holes. I only see him filling one hole. No, he pulls multiple holes because this is why he catched 60 or 70 games a year. Mm-hmm. And your catchers, you know, last year he was 370 on base, 500 slugging, 870 OPS, 134 OPS plus. Mm-hmm. He's being projected to make three for 39. Yep. So for catcher, what if I told you at catcher, you could have 40 home runs. Yep. And a 135 OPS for $15 million a year. Yeah. And then you could also have a guy to fill in for um, at first base mm-hmm. for 40 games that would provide, that would turn your first base into for $18 million a year, you could have 130 OPS at first base yeah. as well. Yeah. Because you platooned him in there with when he's not catching because he plays first base. DH. You could even maybe free up a little bit of left field with Yiner. I, yeah. I think Yiner could play left field in the mid park. Do you? I have no idea. Did he play any outfield at all? Played a little bit in the minors coming up. He's a mm-hmm. pretty athletic catcher. It, it's mm-hmm. not hard to play left field in the mid park. It's just not. I yeah. I'd I'm not talking more... about every day. I'm talking about like twenty games a year. It seems. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but. I th- I think with Garver, aren't you looking at maybe more like catching forty games a year? He he does have a history of injury. I think is one of the drawbacks, which is why he, he could be had for for the kind of deal that you're talking about. But um, oh, excuse me, I, it's not just it's not just Garver. It, it's not just where you can play Yiner. It's also Garver can DH sixty or seventy times a year. When Jordan plays left field. Yeah, that's where I was going with this. Uh, he he can fill in as a DH, and I'd almost be more comfortable with that given his injury history. There's another thing about Garver that I think uh, needs to be acknowledged, which is that he's from Albuquerque. All the cool people are from Albuquerque. <laughs> that's, um, that's right. I would absolutely like. I would love that sign. That would make me so excited. I was like, "We're gonna have like an MVP. We're gonna jam yeah. this up into an MVP caliber catcher, and we're also gonna have enough left over to fill in DH and first base at a really high quality level." Yep. I, those and, are the and those are the two three years, thirty nine million. Yep. That is that is an awesome deal. You, you might only if that's what you he could gets maybe projected. get him for two years. Uh, I think two for thirty, maybe something like that. Yeah, I think, I think that those are the two guys that I had kind of put a star by on my list. Were Peterson and Garver, um, based on exactly you know what what you described. I think that's the the role player kind of level of signing that makes 
a ton of sense, doesn't strap, you know, strap you with a bad contract or a, a, a high risk contract or anything like that. Uh, Here's that actually one. seems realistic. Wait, but yeah, give me, give me, give me Here's some more. Those are the only two. Those are quite literally the only two that I had starred. Candelario. Yeah. 30 years old. He's at third base, three war last year, 807 OPS. 120 OPS plus he's projected to get four years for 70 million. So let me give you this scenario. Would you rather Candelario and Garver and prospects or Alex Bregman and Martin Maldonado or some other terrible backup catcher? I don't understand. Because you're talking about this. the you're talking about the same amount of money. Uh, Garver, Garver and Candelario together are going to make about thirty two, thirty three million. Okay. Bregman why would I? 30. Why would I want Martin Maldonado? Like that's what makes this a false fill dichotomy. Whatever, like, fill, in, I, fill in whatever catcher that you can sign as a backup for Garver. Okay, Salazar. No, 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 no. I'm talking can't about be if, Garver. You gotta be, if you got to be payroll neutral. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, I mean, oh, oh. If, if you're spending money on Garver, then that means you got to find ten million dollars you can free up somewhere else. Do you? I mean, apparently Jim Crane is not going into the tax, and we're within $4 million in the tax right now. Um, is anyone going to give you anything for Montero? No. I'd, know, rather, so, I mean, I'd rather have Bregman and, and a scrap heap backup catcher then. Then Candelario. I don't think Candelario. Uh, and Prospects. Yes. I don't remember, think... you get Prospects for Bregman, too. I don't think Candelario is... I don't think he's I don't think he's that good. I'd be really interested in him for four years, 70 million was his projection. As I'd, far as I'd, free agent contracts go, I don't think that's a bad one. Uh he's 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 basically a hundred percent average hitter for his career. He's a one oh two WRC plus. He's better than that last year. He was um, a little bit better than that last year. Did he find something else? Is he a little bit of a late bloomer? He's only going to be 30 next year. That's not old if you're talking about giving a guy a three- or four-year deal. It's not. He, he does not excite me. I would, I'd rather extend Bregman. I, look, Bregman's not getting extended. That This is why I, I'm not trying to get Shut rid up. of Bregman or anything. Shut up, Gabe. I, I, look. He's got Scott Boris as an agent. He just bought a house in Arizona, and they have not had any discussions with him. And it's very, very unusual when a guy hits free agency and signs with the with, with the team he was with. It, it's very it, unusual. It is. It so, just happened this week. But yes, I, I know. It is, but it's odd. And, and that was with a sort of bigger market team and bigger market mindset, right? I mean, Philly has given out $300 million deals. They said, yeah. hey, we're going to spend some crazy money, maybe even a little bit of dumb money. Have you ever heard Jim Crane even offer to pick up the check when he's out to dinner? I mean, like, this is not this is not the same thing. Alex Bregman, I, I 
think you need to wrap your mind around he's not coming back. That's not a problem for this offseason, Gabe. Um, well, but but even but, so, but yeah, it's something that if you can address this offseason at the right value, then it's something you have to at least consider or think about, isn't it? I, I I guess, but I don't I don't see Matt Chapman or Candelario being a better use of money going forward. Oh well, we would we, Matt Chapman's going to be out of our budget. <laughs> he, he's you're talking about on a year over. I mean, basis, I wouldn't. He's I would get about what Bregman gets. I wouldn't sign him for that. I Bregman is better than either of those guys. I would Certainly, pref- I would prefer that they just pay up. <laughs> I would too, but we're, we're, here. they're not. They're not paying up. I mean, look, all of this stuff. Whenever we throw away, throw around anything this year, okay. Mm-hmm. If I talk about trading Tucker, or if I talk about trading Bregman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is what my assumption is: that we've gone to them, given them a reasonable offer to extend out, and they've said no thanks. I'm going to free agency. That's a reasonable... So we're just talking about next year yes. paying Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman's on a one-year $30 million contract, and then he's gone forever. Would I rather have one year of Alex Bregman at $30 million, or would I rather have a combined $100 million for seven years of Garver and Candelario and whatever I can get prospects for trading Bregman? I would rather have the latter than the former. I would rather have Alex Bregman sign to retire as an Astro and I'd offer, I'd go offer him. I think I told you I'd offer him seven for one eighty, And I think he might take that. Yeah. If you offered that to him now, because Alex Bregman is smart. Again, he knows if he gets his money now, he's got to give a little discount. And I think he likes Houston and all things being equal. If we came in with 80% or 85% of what he perceives his future value to be, yeah. I think he might do that deal. Right. But yeah. I don't think we're going to offer them that. I mean, we don't offer deals for longer than five years. My con- my contention is that we should. I I agree with you completely, but I'm dealing with the world in the way it is. As opposed well, to how I wish it would be. Not necessarily the way you think that it probably is. That's fair. Give me, an L- give me <laughs> any indication that the Astros are willing to sign a free agent market level deal at more than five years. You cannot do it. Um, I don't know, Gabe. I don't know. I just, I'm not ready to have this conversation about, about Alex. And I, I don't, I don't think Ken Alario is very good. I'm just going to reiterate that. I think he's an average player, which is fine, but. So that's your tears on that. Uh, Gurriel, again, he's a guy, Gurriel and Solar. Are guys that if they were left-handed, I'd be a lot more interested. They're not left-handed, so I'm not interested. Yeah, it doesn't solve our problem. They don't. Of, they don't solve. Agreed. They don't solve. Not anything. being good against right-handed pitchers. Okay. Um, here's your sort of old guys that are going to get some money on kind of a prove-it deal or injured guys or whatever. I got Hoskins. I got Whit Merrifield. I've got Hunter Renfro. I've got C.J. Cron. I've got Michael Conforto. I've got Adam Duvall, Randall Gritchick. That's it. That's that tier right now. Uh, uh, none of those guys makes me 
excited for the for, from the Astros' perspective. They, they, I, I just don't see a fit. In, I don't see a fit. I can't interest you in a Michael Conforto. I was interested in Conforto going into last season instead of Brantley. Um, yep. I, I'm trying to think of what role he fills. I, he's a left-handed outfielder that you can so the play same as right, same so as Peterson. Gonna, you're thinking, yeah, that's right, and and you could probably get him uh, for twenty million less. Uh, not twenty million less. Maybe you could probably get him for one year ten, and you might be able to get Peterson for one year twenty eight. He signed for like one eighteen last year, didn't he? Yeah, and then it didn't go real well. It wasn't a disaster or anything, though. No, but I think he's going to be on another prove it contract. Yeah, I that uh, maybe gets two for twenty. I, I given the same, I don't know. I I think I made the assumption Peterson's a better outfielder, but he probably isn't. Uh, I don't think he is better and defensively. Conforto's younger, so, so Conforto I think might take the best one year deal he can get because he's only thirty. He was coming off the injury last year, and he really wasn't all that good. He had a he had a nine ninety nine OPS plus, right? So dead on league average at yeah. left field with a moderate glove is not anyone that anyone is lining up to pay, right? But his seven fifty three OPS in San Francisco, it's a tough ball park for hitters. I if you want to sign for one for ten million, I would consider that a successful signing. If you wanted one for seventeen, I'd be like pass. What's Jock Peterson's agent's number again? Yeah, he's he's one guy that I could see him in that role. That that would make some sense. Because um, again, you're gonna have you know basically you're gonna you know with Jake Myers platoon, you're gonna have someone that if they if they deal with the handedness, you're gonna have someone that's you know fifteen percent above average and um, plays a good Gold Glove. And if you could make that that matchup of a player happen for twelve million dollars, that's a good deal. Yeah. Uh is I Conforto think. is Conforto have better splits? Is he better against righties even than, yeah, than he's, Peterson? He's better. Oh no, 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 no. Peterson's better against Peterson's righties. Peterson's better, than yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean well, look, for Peterson, his career, Conforto's better, but yeah, last I'm season, talking about last year. Last and, season and, he was not. And that's the thing. That's why I think that he would I that's why I think Conforto might sign a one year deal. I think that he probably thinks he's got more in there than what he showed last year, and he's yeah. only 30, and he'd rather have a bite at the Apple at 31 coming off a good year than sign a two-year $23 million deal or something like that this year. I wouldn't hate that. I Conforto, like I said, was a guy I was, I was interested in last year rather than Brantley. It does – you're right. It, it Either him or uh, Peterson, I think, would make some sense. Those are my moves. One of those two plus Garver. Garver would, I mean, Garver would make me so. Again, you're going to have to shed 20 million in payroll, is my operating assumption if you did that. Um, we shouldn't have to, Gabe. We shouldn't have to. I understand. I understand. I, I get it. I'm with you. I, I agree completely. Look, we're going to do a podcast of Fantasyland where if we had unlimited money but stuff that made baseball sense and we were willing to blow it out. I mean, like, this will be – we're doing bats tonight. We'll do we'll do arms next week, and then we're going to do what would we do if we were in charge of the Astros and we could yeah, spend right. $300 million for a year, right? Well, because 
it makes sense to spend three hundred million in twenty twenty four. Honestly, in a market yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston no. with the success we do, with I, like the Jim players at the points to, in their career that that's they are. Right. Yeah, he could fade a three hundred million payroll, and you could do all sorts of interesting things, and we'll we'll get a little crazy with that. Um, with with what we do, you know, because twenty three and or twenty four and twenty five, you know, after twenty five, Framber's gone, Bregman's gone. After 24, Verlander's gone after 25. Um, Tucker's gone. You know, I mean, you've got like two years. Yeah. You've got one year. Like 24 could be the most talented Astros team we ever put on the uh, on the field. And 25 could still be extremely, extremely talented where we go in as the odds on favorite to win the World Series, right? If, yeah. if you committed to spending that money. And then you've got enough interesting pieces that you could blow out the payroll and then you could just say, hey, we're going to take a step back and we're going to reload, but we're going to try to do what the Marlins did when they sold off pieces after winning the World Series in 97 and then they won it again in, what, 2002, right? Because of the trades they made. 2003. When they took it, 2003. I mean, but it was very short period of time yeah. Yeah, yeah, between yeah. going from World Series. You know, you could, you could see that. You could see – we'll save that for this. Let's just finish yeah. talking about the free agent bats, okay? <laughs> Here's the uh, bargain bin basement um, guys that play catcher, first base, DH, or left field. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think any of these guys are getting more than one year. Stop me if you hear anyone you like. Gary Sanchez, Victor Carantini. No. Tom Murphy. No. Jorge Alfaro. Hmm. Mike Zunino. No. That one's kind of interesting at in yeah. the right money, isn't it? Zunino? Yeah. Here's one that I think is very interesting at the right money. Uh, Yasmani Grandel. No. You know, you, you can see him playing 50 games at catcher. And, I could. You know, I don't like him. some home runs. and. I don't like him because he had like the – he hit like 130 the like a couple years ago with – but still had, walks. still had a respectable on-base percentage. That's right. It drove draws me crazy. Lot, draws a lot of walks. Hits yeah. Home runs. Yes, it, it was very ugly, that average. I um, I think for my backup catcher, I'd rather just a good defensive player. Okay, that's fair. Uh, first base DH left field. You know, this is basically we're trying to find yeah. the platoon partner for – um uh, Jake Myers, right? Sure. sure. Carlos Santana. No. Brandon Belt. Daniel Vogelbach. G Min Chow. Tommy Pham. David Peralta. Michael Brantley. Joey Gallo. Pro Four. Grossman. Adam Duvall. Andrew McCutcheon. And this guy. I think is probably the most interesting. Kevin Kiermaier. Any of those interesting to you at all? I've got Kiermaier, three guys that I, find I would have very been interesting. I would have been interested in Kiermaier a few years ago. I don't think he adds much above Jake Myers at this point, does he? You think he's a depreciate? Yeah, he's still better with the glove than Jake. But yeah, I mean, again, that's a guy. If he was left-handed, I'd be a lot more interested, right? Yeah. Um, um so nobody from that list excites me too much. I I'd be interested one guy in, that kind of excites me a little bit. I'd be interested in Profar if he still could play some infield positions and basically replace 
Dubon, but I don't even know how much of an upgrade he is over Dubon, and he doesn't really play any infield positions anymore, so I'm kind of over him. I agree. Um, you know, McC- three guys I would be sort McCutcheon's of the big about, name. Sorry. He actually had a decent year with the Pirates this past year, uh, but you know, it was, it was mostly in the first half of the season. I don't. I called that. I called that one the dead cat bounce. Yeah, when, a, when a guy that was a really good player has a couple bad years, and then he sort of gets it together a little bit at his thirty six yeah. and thirty seven. You know, like if you drop a dead cat from high enough up, it'll bounce a little bit, right? Sure. I, I think that's what McCutcheon was. Yeah, I, I wouldn't expect too much out of him. So, no, I I think I think I right. pass on all of them. Gabe, I'll, I'll give you the interest I'll here. give you the three that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Provide the money's light. Sure. Okay. And and what I'm talking about here when I'm talking about light money is I'm talking about the kind of money that you would get that you would have to pay Dubon, right? Yeah. I, so I'm trading yeah. away Dubon to make this like a salary neutral. If it's salary neutral, I would prefer these guys over Dubon just because Dubon's a righty and Myers is a righty. And these mm-hmm. guys are all left-handed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go from... Least interesting, the most interesting. Okay. Gallo. Mm. I can't talk to you in the Gallo. He plays I mean, I get the field. argument. He can play first base. He draws a lot of he walks. He home runs. He draws walks, right? Yeah. I, 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 I don't love that one. That's why I said least interesting. Number two, bring back Robbie Grossman. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, he's above average versus right-handed pitching, and he plays he? a decent, and he plays a decent left field, better left field than Jock Peterson, for example. I think, don't you? Probably, yeah. Probably better than Conforto in the field, right? And he's going to cost less than those guys. What's his OPS plus against righties? Do you know? Eleven billion. No, it's a little <laughs> over a hundred. It's it's like Jake Myers against right. He's Jake Myers against left-handed pitchers, which is to say, twelve percent better than average, right? It's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, my number one deal, and I'm going opposite of the glove. Daniel Vogelfat. <laughs> that guy looks like ten pounds of shit poured in a five-pound bag. <laughs> I mean, he looks so awful. Um, I we're mean, not here it, to. We're not here to shame anybody, Gabe. We're not here to sell jeans, though, as Billy Bean would say, right? That's right. 1.7 war for his career, 0.2 war last year. So you're like, why is Gabe getting excited about him? Oh, I know. His overall OPS is 742, okay? Mm -hmm. He's a 104 OPS plus guy. He's going to make short money. But you know what he does? He bats left-handed. Yeah. And you know what he does really, really well? He hits right-handed people. So his war is bad. So what you want to do is you play him at first base and DH. Can he, can where he, he can't realistically you, even right? play first base? Yeah, he can. Um, they say he's six foot two seventy. I don't believe that. As someone that was six one, three twenty, not too long ago, I'm yeah. telling you that's sort of the borderline territory. I think he was on right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus right-handed pitchers. He has an eight fourteen OPS. For his career. Okay. Um, last year, it was even better than that. He's uh, at the age. 
of 30 where you think he should be pretty good next year and maybe the year after, if he signs a one-year $6 million deal and he gets to play 30 games at first base for, uh, let's say we get a bad backup catcher, right? That we don't get mm-hmm. to do that. And we get mm-hmm. a bad backup catcher and Yanir has to play 120 games at catcher. Mm-hmm. And you only have 20 games for him to play at first base. You know, Vogelback can play 20 games at first base along with Yiner. And then you keep Abreu down to 120 games, which is going to make Abreu a better player. And Vogelbach can DH another 60 or 70 times, right, against right-handed pitchers. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan can play the Jordan can play left field during those 50 or 60 games. Okay. And Jake Myers doesn't have to play ever against right-handed pitcher. And for five or six million dollars, if you could solve my problem of Jake Myers not having to play ever against the right-handed pitcher, and if you could solve my problem of only wanting 120 games on on uh, on Abreu, mm-hmm. and also solve my problem of giving uh, Yiner 30 games off. Yeah, you know, that solves a lot of problems for five or six million dollars. That would get me. That would get me fairly excited about a, a about a bargain bin basement. Yeah, I mean, sure, I, I want. I just, I'm biased toward wanting versatility, and he offers none. Um, I, I understand what that you're saying the, he offers the versatility to make of other, of other guys. Himself, I, I right? understand, but I'd still rather one of the outfielders. You like a high floor, though, right? I mean, like that guy. As I know a, that guy as a bat against the right-handed hitter provides a pretty high floor for you. I know um, against the right-handed as, pitcher, as does Jock Peterson, who could also play in the outfield. That's right, uh, but Jocks can get three for twenty-six. And again, Maybe. if we're spending, if Maybe. we're going to spend Crane's money, then I would do that. But I'm saying, if you tell me that I have to shop in the bargain basement, that might be the guy that would be my number one choice. Okay. I would maybe take Grossman, but sure. Yeah. Gro- Grossman was right. And that's because you like his defensive versatility a little bit more, right? Vogelback is a better hitter against right-handed pitchers than Grossman. No, I know. I know. And I would prefer, I would prefer the bat to the glove. If I'm talking about a guy that I'm trying to squeeze 70 games in a platoon out of in a non-defensive position. Yeah. So I can with free you. other people up to actually self-actualize, right? So I can free Jordan up to self-actualize and wow. Yanir and um, Jake it. Myers doesn't have to play against right-handed pitchers unless he's coming in the game as a late-game replacement. So, yeah, I mean, look, we're not going to be spending a lot of money. There, there is some places with a reasonable spend if Crane decided to loosen the, the personal strings a little bit that could be very, very good, right? Um Garver and Peterson solve a whole lot of problems. Conforto probably solves some problems for us. And then, you know, I think Vogelback, uh, Grossman, Gallo probably do some, probably make us a better team if we have them on our team than not. Do you think? I mean, yeah, but I'm not sure how much better. Um, better than. They're replacing Jonathan Singleton. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, does that make us a does that make us a win better? I think it probably does, right? Maybe so. Maybe a win. And, and if you can get that for five or six million, go that's ahead good and do deal. that. That's and a good pro- deal. 
and it provides you some pinch hitting versatility in the playoffs, right? Sure. I mean, you would not you would not feel bad about Vogelback taking a bat in the seventh inning against a right-handed pitcher when he comes in for Jake Myers because Jake Myers started against the lefty, right? And they went to a righty of the bullpen. Yeah. No, and, it'd be and fine. Vogelback takes out a bat. You're 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 fine with that. It doesn't feel like what we did in Game Six of the ALCS when we had Singleton yeah. taking a bat, right? I mean. It, it would be. Fine. I feel better about that. That's worth five million to me. I think. All right, Gabe. That is the offensive position player free agent mar- uh, class of Woof. the 2023-2024 offseason. It's, it's a dog class, man. Woof. It's Woof. not very Woof. good. It's not not very good. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully Shohei signs somewhere s- sort of soon in the next month or so. And like you said, that might might put these things into motion and, and see where these guys end up. But uh, there are some interesting names. Uh, Otani, we talked about fascinating. A few guys are, are interesting. Bellinger, such a weird case. It'll be bizarre to see what happens with him. But um, Good talk, Gabe. We'll see what happens. We'll be back next week with uh, breaking down the free agent pitchers of of which is a it, it's a better straight up. Uh, it's a better free can, agent class. Can I entice you with something that might have us back before next week, like maybe on Thanksgiving itself? <laughs> sure, a little nugget. Mm-hmm. The White Sox GM said he was open for business. Oh, oh, there's an insider mm-hmm. on the internet. <laughs> that's had some good information in the past that I uh-huh. think is kind of plugged in. An internet says insider. Astros, that uh-huh. says the Astros are on the verge of trading for an ace. Oh. I think we'd have to have a 30-minute emergency podcast, even if it's on Thanksgiving night, if we deal Hunter Brown for Dylan Cease, don't you? Uh, maybe. I might. <laughs> Depends. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that it's gonna happen. We need to save but tuck that in the back of your mind. We need to save Hunter Brown to trade for Juan Soto. Anyway, that's our that that's our podcast uh, after we get them with the free agent arms. That's gonna be a fun podcast. Yeah. I mean, people are gonna be like, "Did these guys drop acid when we start throwing yeah. out some of our ideas?" I think, but we'll have we'll have support for them. They'll make sense. We'll have it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, for me anyway. I don't, I don't know about any of the listeners. All right, Hopefully Gabe, the listeners will find that fun. That is uh, a secondary concern. But anyway, have a great Thanksgiving, sir, and we will be back a week from today. Gobble, gobble, and let's send tech. Let's end our relationship with tech. Mm. It's the tune of 52 to 10. What do you think? That would be nice. That would make me very, very happy. I, I, All right, man. Don't hold your breath. All right, sir. Enjoy it, buddy. Talk yes, sir. Bye. Bye.